I'm sorry. Good morning. Oh, that makes me feel so good. A couple things I just want to mention before we look at God's word. Um, We started last Wednesday, 40 days of prayer. We try to slow down, carve out time, seek God's face. We're using this little booklet. If you didn't get one, please do. Pray with your family. We pray every day. These are written by our people, these prayers. And we pray for a local pastor in church. And we pray for one of our global partners who are serving all around the globe. So please get one. If you notice on my right and left, we have something called Wall of Prayer. Everyone say Wall of Prayer. And we had hundreds of prayer requests that have been there a long time. We're starting over. Over now. Over. So if you have somebody, do you have somebody you love and care deeply for and they just frankly need Jesus? Hold your hand up. You got some people who need Jesus. Well, each week you can write your names down and put them there as an act of faith. And pray for them. People put their hands on the wall and pray for folk for the Lord to show up. Also, right there and right there, there are communion trays. During 40 days of prayer, there is a Lord's table available for you. If you're walking with the Lord, anytime, during, or after, at the end of the service, you're welcome to come and get the Lord's table you're welcome to kneel or take that with your family or go back to your seat. Next, how many were in Wilmore for the Asbury Revival? Wasn't that awesome? That was a genuine move of God. Thousands of lives have been changed. Yesterday, I got called to a meeting of city leaders. There was a young man there, 41, I'm going to guess. His name is Nick Hall. Nick is an evangelist primarily on university campuses. He's worked with the Billy Graham Association, a lot of reputable groups. And he just, he came here. The Lord told him to come to Wilmore. And he was here for four days. And he just told us the Lord moved on him. And he did a crazy deal. He rented Rupp Arena for this afternoon, like the Rupp Arena. And he said, I don't know if I miss God or I'm spot on, but we're just going to encourage, especially the next, the younger generations, people half my age, I'm 42, (laughs) that once the Spirit of God has touched them, not to just go away happy, but... To ask the Lord so they can engage in ministry and fulfill their call. So that's happening today. I'm going. If you want to go, you're welcome to show up. 2 o'clock to 11 o'clock tonight. So, so let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that during these 40 days of prayer, you're going to show up. You're going to show up to every house. Every business where we are, every school, and it's your presence that will change lives. That's what's happened to me and happened to so many of us. So, Lord, change our lives today as we study your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 
Now hold your Bibles up. Let me see them. Hold your Bibles up. If you don't bring a Bible, I can start a cult and you won't know it's your fault. Bring a Bible every week. You wear socks and shoes. Did you wear socks and shoes today? No? Okay. Okay, whatever. Uh, but you should take a Bible with you to church. You should have a Bible with you all the times. Now we're going to start reading in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Everybody got it? You got your Bibles open? Verse 1. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. These are 30,000 leaders. He arose and he went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there what? The ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. The cherubim are the highest order of angels. There's two carvings of cherubim sitting on the top of the ark and their wings are facing each other. And God, when he would show up in the tabernacle, would literally, his presence would come to the Ark of the Covenant right between where those angels were bowing their wings. Verse 3, and they carried the Ark of God on a new cart. Everyone say new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on a hill, and Uzziah and uh Uzzah, actually, and Ohio, that's a state was named after him, if you remember that. (laughs) Poor joke. The sons of Abinadab, and they were driving the new cart with the ark of God, and Ahio was before the ark, and I guess Uzzah was behind it. Verse 5. David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines, castanets and cymbals. Man, they were having a great time in worship. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nakan, say Nakan. Why is that listed? Everybody remembered where this place was because of what happened. Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and he took hold of it for the oxen stumbled and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and the Lord struck him down there because of his error and he died there before the ark of the Lord. David had two emotions. David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. Perez Uzzah means the outbreak against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid. That's the second emotion of the Lord that day. And he said, logically, look how logical this is. How can the ark of the Lord come to me after what happened? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom. Everyone say Obed-Edom. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. How long? And look at the next phrase. So one guy dies. The other guy the Lord blesses. 
The entire family and everything Obed-Edom touches. Now let's go, let's go through this. Uh, if you'll follow me, take notes today. This is an artist's rendition of what the Ark of the Covenant looked like. Essentially, it was a box. It was a piece of furniture. It was a chest. It wasn't very big. It was probably about four feet long, but maybe 24, maybe 30 inches wide. It was made of acacia wood and overlaid with gold. Everything in the temple and the tabernacle represented Jesus. And the fact it was made out of acacia wood shows the humanity of the Christ. The gold on top shows the divinity of Christ. The ark represented Jesus. Now there's several things inside the ark. One, the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. And our country has been shaped by what was on those tablets. Even if we've forgotten some of those things, the blessings we have had have come from the righteousness from God's law. These were from the hands of Moses, and they were kept inside that. Now, the ark was housed in the inner part of the tabernacle in the desert. Everyone say tabernacle. It's the movable tent. Exodus 37 talks about how the ark was made. Later on, Solomon built this majestic temple that first the Babylonians and then later the Romans destroyed, and the ark would be there. In the front part of the tabernacle, the temple was called the holy place. At the back of the tabernacle and temple was called the Holy of Holies. There was a big screen or curtain in between. And the ark was the only thing in the Holy of Holies. The lid of the box was known as the mercy seat. Everyone say mercy seat. You see the mercy seat there? You see the lid? And once a year, On the Day of Atonement, now the calendar on your phone or the paper calendar you have often will have listed when the Day of Atonement is because the Jews still celebrate that. It was their holiest day, one day a year. Well, why was it so holy? Because of this. The high priest, there was only one high priest. They all came from the family of Aaron. And he would serve in that position most of his lifetime. So, a goat's life was taken. The high priest would take the blood, place it in a basin, and he was allowed, only one time a year, to come behind the veil and with his index finger sprinkle blood on top of the mercy seat. This picture's Christ. So the blood that the Heavenly Father would see would grant atonement or forgiveness or cover the sins of the entire nation. 
And so you can read in Leviticus 16 how the service went. There were two goats chosen. One goat's life was taken. The blood was taken behind the veil. The other goat, which you see in this painting here, was called the, anybody know? The scapegoat. That's where we get the word scapegoat from. And the high priest would place his hands on the head of the goat and the sins would be transferred from the people of God to the goat. The goat was taken to the wilderness and released. Both goats pictured Jesus. The one that gave his life with his blood and the other one who took the sins of God's people. Now, I don't know about you. Are you glad that Jesus took your wicked sins? Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, did Jesus take your wicked sins? He took my wicked sins. You can either have them or you can let Jesus take them. I want Jesus to take my wicked sins. Now, you say, well, what's such a big deal about this ark? Here's the big deal. This is the only place in the entire world, only place, where the sins of God's people could be atoned for. That place, four feet long, two feet wide. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. It pictures later the atonement that our Savior Jesus Christ made on the cross for forgiveness of every one of my sins and your sins. Paul talks about the blood covering our sins. Are you, are you tracking with me so far? Are you following me? Okay. So here's the bottom line of the whole morning. The Ark of the Covenant was the number one symbol for God's holy presence. And when it says Ark of the Covenant, well, what does a covenant mean? It means God made a promise with you. And he made a promise with me. The promise is, I want to be a father. Will you be my sons and my daughters? I want to walk with you all your life. Will you let me walk with you and will you walk with me? When you mess up, I want to forgive you of all your sins. Will you let me do that? Because I promise I will keep my end of the bargain. So please walk with me. Because I want to walk with you. That is my covenant. Now I'll show you an artist's rendering. Every page in the Bible talks about Jesus. He's there in symbolism. He's there in the middle of the words and phrases. Now, you see a picture, an artist's rendering of where for 40 years, the 12 tribes of Israel camped and they camped in the desert, literally in this order. And there is a piece of the puzzle and how it was arranged. What do you see in the puzzle? You see the cross, the cross of Jesus. And in the middle... You see the tabernacle where God wanted to tabernacle or dwell with his people. Where? In the middle of their lives. And the ark was in the middle 
of the tabernacle. And it tells us we need to keep the Father's presence in the middle of our business, the middle of our home, the middle of our schedules, the middle of our family. Because when he's in the middle, everything else goes really, really good. Now, David, who's in the story, he is a worshiper. Oh, my goodness, was he a worshiper. Does heaven look at you and go, the angels talk about, that is a worshiper right there. Look, look at this worshiper. He was a worshiper, and he loved God with all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, all of his strength. The scripture says, heaven gave him a nickname. That's the man after my heart, that guy right there. Now, what's extraordinary, if you've read his story, and I've read it many times, David is a very flawed dude. He's got a lot of weaknesses, made a lot of mistakes. Your little pastor has a lot of weaknesses. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've been walking with him 50 years. Uh... This morning, I did something I've never done before church again. I overslept. I'm a 4.30 boy. Uh, Sunday mornings, I woke up at 6. And I looked at the alarm clock. And I felt like Kevin in Home Alone. Ah! And I panicked and I begged for mercy. Once I even got to the house of the Lord... And I gave this beautiful, stunning, artistic PowerPoint that you now enjoy and rave over. I realized I left the rest of my sermon at home. So like Kevin, I went, ah! So I had to get back in the car to go get it and come back. I'm a very flawed man. And maybe you are too. How many are kind of flawed? Hold your hand up. How many made a bunch of mistakes? How many have had some days that you went, boy, that was not a good day. I did not do that one very well at all. Me too. But it's almost like the Lord looked from heaven and said, yeah, he's a flawed guy. Yeah, he could be a selfish and a stupid guy, but he's my guy. And I love him. And I'll stand with him. And we're a whole church full of broken, wounded, imperfect people. And we want you to know you don't have to do it perfectly. It's okay. Just get up the next day. Get up the next day and walk with, walk with the Lord. And that's why I love that the Father gave the title to the lid on the ark. It's called the? Why? Because we need? I would choose mercy over justice every single time. I've had people say, I want justice. I go, no, no, you you do not want justice. No, no, no. You don't want, you want mercy, not justice. So he's a new king. He's a fairly young guy still. The kingdom has been divided and he brings it together. There's Israel in the north, 12 tribes. There's Judah in the south with two tribes. That's his family. But as a new king, he goes, state of the union, here's my number one priority. And I want to do all that I can to pull this off. I don't even know if I can, but I'm going to do all that I can to pull this off. My number one priority is I want to bring God's presence to my town. 
If I do that, God will bless what I touch. If I don't do that, we're just treading water and wasting time. The capital city needs the king of the universe in the capital city. And he realized he did this, not for political reasons, not because it was inexpensive. He did it because he needed God. Do any of you need God? Do you need God? I need God more today than I've ever needed him. I just say, Lord, I can't. I don't know how to do this. I can't figure this out. I don't have the strength. I don't have the wisdom. But I need you. So I invite you, come into my life today. Walk with me. So he immediately started making arrangements to bring the ark into Jerusalem. And he actually built a wonderful, beautiful, expensive tent to place it in the city of David because it had been in a tabernacle, a tent. And that's the best he knew. It would be a long time before there was a temple. So he 